one thing that I've seen over the last two years is not the ease at which something can happen, but when you when you can put the focus, you can clearly say this is what I'm going to do, and you can put the focus towards it, and you can bring others in to supplement where you're weak. You can see things get done. Awesome Inc. presents the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame, a show that highlights how people throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky pursue their definition of awesome through entrepreneurship, technology, and innovation. What's up, awesome people? On today's episode, we're going to be hearing from Chase Fairchild, and Chase is the co-founder of Manchester Coffee Co. and Manchester Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. In his life and work, he focuses on building relationships with people first, no matter what. He is constantly exploring new opportunities for growth and looking to see where and how he can connect people both professionally and personally. Let's dive on in. Man, I'm so pumped that you are here in the Awesome Inc. space with us today and that the people who are listening in will get to hear about your story because you, again, like some of the other people we've talked with, do a lot. And many people probably don't know, but they've touched either your product or used your services. And I'm really excited for you to share your story. Thanks, man. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me. It's kind of fun. to. It's only kind of fun. It's super fun. <laughs> I'm getting to look into a microphone like I'm in a recording album, like a studio, and just get to sing my heart out. But it's hell talk my heart out, so. All right. Uh, the only requirement I have is that you sing at least one answer on here. Okay. At, at some point today. Deal. Okay, sweet. So, hey, let's dive on in. So, uh, what is some of your background? How did you end up in Lexington? How did you end up getting involved with what we call the entrepreneurial community? Yeah, man. So, I was actually born and raised here in Lexington. Um, was the first one of my family born and raised here, though. My mom's from Richmond, Kentucky. My dad is from Eastern Illinois, or Southern Illinois, rather. And um, grew up here in town, went to Lexington Christian Academy, kindergarten through high school, and was <clears throat> involved in like a lot of different stuff, just like a kind of a typical childhood. I had played sports and rode bikes around in the summer. And then, you know, I think my kind of first little bit of entrepreneurship came from my mom. My mom taught marketing at what was Lexington Community College, but now is BCTC. And so she always kind of was encouraging me to be creative with business. So I think the first thing I did that was kind of in that realm was I was in second grade. I was in an airport, you know, and I think entrepreneurship always starts with a problem. You know, so we were, it was heavy delays. It was Christmas time. And all, all the places there are like almost out of food or like the, they're just like they're closed down. And so we were just really hungry. And I just started like writing stuff down. I was like, I'm going to create a restaurant called the Kid Cafe where kids can get food and blah, 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 <laughs> a restaurant. And so I actually started working on it. And in second grade, my mom helped me execute the kid cafe at my school for a project. So kids prepared food, made money, learned about entrepreneurship. It sounds kind of dirty. <laughs> it wasn't dirty. I mean, it was, I don't know, it was learning. It was, it was educational. <laughs> it was um, but definitely my mom, def she, she definitely encouraged entrepreneurship. And then when I was in seventh grade or sixth grade, middle school, I started mowing yards, um, started with my parents' house, made $15 in cash, used my parents' mower. By the end of the summer, I was mowing the whole block. By the end of high school, I had about 60 yards under contract and was employing my friends and leaving school early to try and go meet the quota and printing out you know, directions to these things, learn how to do invoices, all that stuff. And so I've kind of always had that little bit of an entrepreneurial bug. Wasn't 
um, super interested in school, but always really interested in uh, creating something from nothing. <clears throat> and so in college, I actually came to Austin Inc. my freshman year for a startup weekend. And that was kind of my first exposure to the the local entrepreneurship community, Matt Hogg and Brian and Nick um, and uh, Luke. Yeah. <laughs> and, all, all the original people. And so it was 2010. Yeah, um, when we first started. And so it was, uh, it was really fun. I mean, just the high energy of learning how to just, I had a, a small little company. It was so stupid. What was it? It's called Nice Sportswear. Nice Sportswear, huh? And it came off of a pun. It was, this is before I learned how to be, discern good ideas versus bad ideas. But I was like, oh, I'll make a shirt. that's like, people say, oh, that's a nice shirt. And it is a nice shirt. And I was like, that's, looking back, I mean, that's unbelievably stupid. But I rolled with it, and I developed it at Startup Weekend, and I kind of ended up twisting it to be this uh, accomplishment wear. So it was like kind of like a bumper sticker, like you run a half marathon, and you get a 13.1 on the back. So it was like a shirt. It's a 13.1, nice. So I developed like these little prototypes and got the exposure into like the clothing world, retail world, uh, and turned a profit. <laughs> hey, that's good. I, and I closed, I closed the company down after that, but... Um, so that's kind of how I started to kind of get my foot in. And then in college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I changed my major a lot, like a lot of kids do. Uh, I knew that I wanted to be in Lexington, and I knew that I wanted to marry my girlfriend, um, who I dated since high school. And so we went kind of looking what we want to do. I stumbled upon a relatively new program at UK called ISC, which is Integrated Strategic Communications. It sounds way more fancy than it is. But essentially, I got a degree in advertising. And specifically, how to use creative creativity to drive revenue for businesses. So, in those classes, I learned a lot about campaigns and objectives and uh, communication. And so, I was always kind of drawn to that. And um, I graduated um, from college and was really was really involved with Young Life in college. And then, right after I graduated, I went on staff with Young Life for three years and uh, did a lot of fundraising, leader development. Um, direct outreach with kids, I coached football, um, programming, did a lot of um, upfront stuff. Young Life has like a, a, a large part of it is, um, I don't want to say theatrics, but they, they like laughing, so they invest in a lot of sketch comedy, which is kind of strange. Yeah, sketch, improv, high energy. Yeah, yeah. high energy. Focus. You break down barriers with laughing, you kind of, and so um, when I was, time came for me to leave Young Life, I was looking at kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to enter back into the creative realm and um, film school was something that I was kind of drawn to. Um, and so kind of explored some options there and ended up reaching out to an old friend who went to film school and locally and he was the marketing director for Wildcat Warehouse. Okay. So yeah, I go to Wildcat Warehouse and that's where I really fell in love with uh, digital marketing. It's where I learned the most about how do you impact sales through messaging uh, and there was 100% this element of storytelling there. It was it was University of Kentucky. It was a, a premier brand for uh, the Wildcats. And so I got to really kind of cut my teeth there coming out of the nonprofit world, getting to cut my teeth there on storytelling. And so from Wildcat kind of was this crazy pinball of next next companies. It was a very entrepreneurial setting. So, you know, six months in, we started another company called Provisions, which I'm the brand manager for, and we're... Uh, we've donated 200,000 meals to Kentuckians in need. And it was this incredible project. And then provisions led to an agency called Brand Animal. And Brand Animal was really fun. Um, we did a lot of really cool uh, brand projects with companies. Had an awesome office space. It was three really close friends who really 
worked well together. And um, we learned a lot about ourselves in that time, about storytelling, about passions, about what do you want to do. And, and I had kind of reached a point where I had really been doing the business thing. I'd been doing sales. I'd been doing marketing. And at the core, I still had this desire to tell stories. You know, I was selling website packages and branding packages, stuff that's super important. Um, but at the heart, I really, I missed kind of telling stories and really felt like there was a little piece missing, you know. And so <clears throat> I uh, ended up leaving Brand Animal and said, I'm going to try and do this film thing full time or I'm going to try and pursue it. So I'm going to, I'm going to work, um, I'm going to work in the meantime and I'm going to, I'm going to kind of build up my chops. I'm going to take online classes. I'm going to go up to Chicago. I'm going to start creating locally, that sort of stuff. And um, that's what I did for all of, pretty much all of 2018. Um, and so that led me to a company called Legit Apps, which is a software company here in town, an incredible company my friends started in college. And they've grown this, this thing into an incredible uh, platform for schools and colleges and events and cities. And um, they have an amazing um an amazing program over there. And so while I was working that, I was doing sketch stuff with a mutual friend of ours, Chad Zygmunt, um, was, <laughs> was doing some short film stuff, was, was learning a ton, utilizing masterclass online, taking Steve Martin's stuff, Martin Scorsese, and learning a lot about film, reading a lot of books, just writing a lot, connecting a lot with creatives in town because I, I was hearing about, oh, you need to meet with this guy. He's works in film. He's blah, blah, blah. You know, you know, I kind of went on this journey where I kind of opened up my hands and said, I want to, I want to make things in Lexington. I don't want to have to move to Atlanta or Nashville or Chicago or New York or LA. I want to create here. And so I think kind of what happened was I started to connect with people and find that, that there's all these islands, pockets of people who want to create things, who want to tell stories here in Lexington. And so, um, it all kind of came to a head with this this opportunity to do what, what I'm doing now. Chase, you had your hands all over and you have a very immersive and impressive background with all the companies you've either helped found or be a part of. Uh, we're going to talk here in a second about Manchester Studios and Manchester Coffee Co. Uh, but what is the common thread that that you've seen yourself be part of with, you know, legit apps, brain animal provisions, Wildcat Warehouse, you know, Young Life? Can you can you tie into all those real quickly before we move on? Yeah, I mean, I think there's been a thread of just like uniting um, people to do something extraordinary. You know, I mean, I, th I think every single one of those chapters in my life grew an area in me that I needed to, to develop. And so, you know, I, I can't think back and be like, oh my gosh, I need to, I wish I wouldn't have done that or I wish I would have done this. I, really, I got everything that I could have from each chapter. There were, whether in Young Life, it was learning how to keep a calendar. <laughs> you know, I was right out of college, learning how to um, to consult somebody in a difficult situation, learning how to deal with things that, um, you know, learning how to ask people for, for money. It was hard. It wasn't it wasn't traditional like a sales thing. Sales is kind of the same way, but it was, fundraising was, a, it was something that was really intimidating. And then something that I really actually enjoyed. Um, <clears throat> And then so, you know, I can, I can expound on every single one of those little spot, those little stops, but I think, um, everything that, everything about each place was the people. And I think the teamwork was like the common thread of like, okay, all these people with different gift sets come to the table and they say, I'm going to add this, you add this. And then it just kind of makes up for everybody's, it, we kind of cover ground that way and we can get something done. And that was the coolest thing when we launched provisions, it was so, it was great. It was like, 
this thing's out there. I'm on. The, I'm going out to like four or five news stations. I've sent out press releases. People are coming to the store and they have the product that we thought of, you know, in their hands. You know, it was like really, it was a really neat thing. And so I think that's the coolest thing, like, um, is seeing something that came from your mind or your uh, the the group think kind of thing. Like, the, you know, three of us thought of this thing and here it is being used by somebody who doesn't know who we are. It's not our friends, not our family. That might be the most addicting feeling in the world for somebody to enjoy something that you created, whether that's a product, a story, a song, whatever, you know, and I think that's really what I, what I love. And that's kind of what I, I chase, you know, is creating things that for people to enjoy that people can make a part of their lives. Um, but yeah, I think it's that, it is that group, it's that creating something that what didn't exist before and seeing people use it and enjoy it and it make, make their lives better, you know? Continuing the story of you and your creation. Wow, that sounded really intense. But it's true. It's <laughs> of what you're creating. Uh, when and how did your newest ventures, both Manchester Studios and Manchester Coffee Co., come into the mix? What was like the origin story? What prompted you to literally shift gears and get into maybe an area where this is your first time venturing off into? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it goes back to what I said about teams um, of people with different skill sets coming together. Um, I've always been an ideas guy and I've always been a people person. And so I think there's, there, there was a, a, a bit of that. So, um, I started working with legit apps and was loving it. We were doing some really cool stuff as far as scaling. And I was approached by a friend of mine who I went to high school with, um, her and her husband are both really good friends of mine, grew up together. Um, they actually, they just got married, but she had an opportunity <clears throat> to start, uh, an agency, an ad agency, which I had been a part of, um, starting one before and, you know, I had left. And so it was kind of not something that I was, you know, really like, okay, well, I'm going to do this again sort of thing. Um, but I didn't say no. And I said, okay, let's, let's talk about what this looks like. You know, we just started brainstorming and just started talking about what Lexington needs, what Lexington could benefit from what's happening in Lexington. How do you, how do you add to the narrative of this city and how do you, um, help continue to elevate and grow it and, and contribute to what people like you all are doing and the breakout games guys and the no lie guys. I mean, there's a list that goes on and on of people that are doing really cool stuff, um, in this city. And so there was just a big conversation and we had been, I had just recently been out to San Diego for a trip and I saw James coffee company, which is like this really cool space. It was, I guess, multi-purpose. It was a coffee roaster and a cafe and it was in this like old warehouse, which was very cool. And as you walked in, there was like probably these uh, 12 by 12 foot, 15 by 15 foot glass dividers. And each one of those things was a store. It was like a, it was like a barbershop in the back. And there was, you know, eye sto- eyeglass store and there was apparel and all this. And it was like a really cool vibe. I said, man, I've never seen this concept before. This would really do a good job in Lexington, I feel like. And so I just kind of had that idea in the back of my head and um, had a friend who is an unbelievable coffee roaster and coffee master who was looking to do um, kind of a new a new deal, wanted to start something new. And so that was kind of back of my mind. And so we started talking about this idea for a space in Lexington where that would be kind of similar, a place where you can get unbelievable coffee, um, mixed-use retail space, uh, creative co-working space for um, people to start new things. You know, so um, this idea of Manchester Studios kind of grew into that. And so me and my two partners, Maddie Duff and Sam Duff, um, kind of started building this. And so we brought in Jeff Ross to help us build the coffee 
and then we brought in Lydia Lane to help us build Manchester Studios, and we've just been kind of, kind of getting some processes in place. And in October, um, yeah, we started planning this in May. Started talking about what does this look like? What does it look like to help elevate creativity in Lexington? Um, to kind of give cre- Lexington a jolt of creativity, and we said it's a space. So we started, you know, working on some concepts and acquired some land, and, um, and that's kind of part of the, the future vision, you know, and. Um, it's a hundred percent shared vision. It wasn't, you know, it was something that I saw, but, um, but that Sam and Maddie and others have given life to and, um, have kind of helped bring to fruition. And so, you know, late 2020, early 2021, this space is going to go up. It's gonna be fantastic. But right now, kind of present day, what we have is uh, Manchester Studios is a, a small marketing agency that helps small businesses, um, save time, make money. Oh, why do you think James Coffey, you know, like the layout you saw in California, mm-hmm. is that correct? Yeah. Why do you think that would do so well in Lexington? And then also, you, you said the phrase like a jolt of energy. What's, yeah. What's the problem? I know the answer, but what's the problem that you've seen in Lexington in terms of the creative people and the creative community? Yeah. I mean, I think, so one thing is like, I feel like I'm an outsider to the creative world a little bit. I mean, um, I didn't grow up in the arts or any of that sort of, like, there's a robust arts community here. Yeah. You're, you're, you're a football star. Sure. <laughs> no, um, but I did play football, you know, and was very much in that that world. I, and but I was I kind of like to bounce among all the different friend groups in high school, as cliquish and as crappy as that seems. Um, you know, I always kind of just was I just kind of floated and kind of blended with a lot of different groups. And um, you know, had friends who were in the arts and always kind of wanted to be, but just never did. I, I did in middle school. I had a teacher. This is like going back. I'm gonna start crying. No, uh, had a, in middle school, I had a teacher who 100% definitely said, Chase, you're gifted in this. You should pursue it. Um, she let me do independent film study in eighth grade. Uh, so, Miss Medlock, if you're listening to this, thank you. Yeah, thank you, Miss Medlock. Appreciate <laughs> it. not listening to it. But she really did invest in me, and, and um, I, like, just recently kind of had that revelation of, like, she 100% gave me the tools to, like, say, create something, make a new story, do something new. And I think I've always kind of ch- like been chasing that. So, you know, I, I kind of I kind of come out. I leave, you know, the, the startup to co- pursue creativity, to pursue storytelling. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? I don't have a blueprint for this, you know. And so the first thing I do is start creating, start connecting with other people who want the same things. So what I started to see was that, um, you know, and this is just this isn't really in our control, but. <clears throat> a lot of creatives, super talented people, whether it's musicians or writers or actors or f- filmmakers or producers or you name you, it, you name, you name it, it, you know, are moving to bigger markets. They say Lexington just is, doesn't have it, you know, it doesn't have what it takes. Yeah, it, you know, the, sort the connections, of the resources, yeah. the companies, yeah. People aren't here, which is might be a true thing, you know. Um, and you got to have, you got to understand that, you know, Nashville, Atlanta, Chicago, L.A., whatever, the bigger markets are, have, you know, better offerings and when it comes to that sort of stuff. And so I was frustrated because I really was trying to kind of, I, I, I've decided to live my life here. I love Lexington. I think it's a um, fantastic place to live and grow up, obviously, you know, being from here. and Yeah, this is your turf, baby. I mean, it's, and also I just think I see an opportunity here, you know, having seen what's happened in the last, gosh, nine years since, you know, even the last five years in Lexington, I feel like it's been just so many people, you know, there's the guys and people in restaurants doing so many creative things like pearls and 
um, County Club and Carson's Next Door. I mean, people are even elevating the culinary game here too. Mm-hmm. So many people are coming in and things that didn't exist growing up here um, are here now, and they're just so cool. The microbreweries. Um, and so I think I see just kind of a rising tide of just people saying, we're going to make a great life here in Lexington. And so I, I, the opportunist in me says, I want to stay here. I want to, I want to be a part part of this, you know? Yeah. I want to be a part of ushering in this new era of Lexington because I know that selfishly, I know that in the end, I'm going to be happy that I, you know, can you imagine if you were part of Nashville, you know, 15 years ago and helping what, helping 12 South and helping the Gulch and help, you know, being on the front end of those sort of things. And now, not just from a financial standpoint, but just from like um, that that uh, fulfillment, you know, of saying, man, this, you know, and, and there's also, you can go down a rabbit hole here with gentrification and that sort of stuff, which is a real... A, that's a conversation. That's another, another conversation with people who are much smarter than you and I. Both <laughs> but, you know, the other thing is, you know, the parts of town that are being restored here were literally run down. Like the distillery district, those were empty warehouses. And now it's, they're vibrant these empty condemned buildings are now, I think there's another message there that is really cool and speaks to us on a different level. Something that is like broken down, useless, like is not serving a purpose is not only usable, but is like vibrant, restored and bursting with life. I think there's something really cool about that, you know? And so um, I I just, I feel like there's opportunities to do that here. So that's kind of where that came from, you know? So I think Lexington has a great opportunity um, for people who want to kind of get into the nitty gritty, want to get down and start doing stuff here. I think I feel like it's a great place to do it. Low cost of living, you know, relatively speaking. And you have the internet, you have air, you have an airport, you know, what else do you <laughs> I mean, there's great coffee shops in town. Yeah. There's, you know, so there's lots of, there's, you got the university, you got 40,000 students coming in every year, you know, so you have a funnel, you got Transy as well. You got EKU. You got BCTC. You have all these young people, these young minds being shaped. Um, what you know? I just get so excited. About, I'm a, I get so excited by opportunity of like, oh my goodness! Like, there's so much here for the taking. Let's let's build stuff. Let's do things. You know? And yeah, and that's that's um, going to be part of the solution for how we retain people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, pe- people leave. You know, pe- but I, I feel like I had friends who were. You know, I went, to, I went to UK, obviously, and I had friends who weren't from here who live here now. They fell in love with Lexington in college. Oh, I, I, that's, yeah, that's here you go. Some of the Point in case. people as well. Yeah, and you, you know, you're a Louisville boy. So, but I think there's um, there's just a lot to be excited about in this city. And so I think I, I think part of this project was wanting to get involved with it. And I think kind of my role with the creative stuff is when you look at any society, just in the course of human history, when arts and culture are are elevated, the society flourishes. I mean, look at Harlem, you look at California in the 60s and 70s, some of the best music in the world was made there. Um, It's because people were flocking there. And I think the same thing right now is true in Nashville and Atlanta. There's something in the water there and people are flocking to it. And so I think part of that is there's a creative revival and I I want Lexington to have at least a mini one, you know? So there's, so people can come in here and, and, Lexington can have its own voice of saying that's Lexington, you know, and um, and so that's that's kind of where it all stems from, I think. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, we'll we'll continue going on towards the the Manchester coffee story. So, I, you know, I've checked out your space a few times. That's kind of where our friendship actually really 
kicked off and we've kindled things. And I've really enjoyed the atmosphere of just simply being. And I think that's one of the coolest things. And your guys' mission there is it's a mission to cultivate creative community. Again, this is a common thread of what we've talked about with all your companies. And that's what you're currently doing. You know, everyone loves coffee. Everyone yeah. loves being together. What do you hope that your mission of cultivating this creative community, what do you hope specifically that entails? What is success for you? Man, you know, I think there's... Um, I've just always been fascinated with coffee shops. You know, I didn't get into coffee till until college um, or towards like tail end of high school. But, you know, a coffee shop is just this little microcosm of like people. It's just like there's people in there that are working on homework. There's people in there that are reading a book. There's people in there on their first dates. Was you, Alan was on your podcast, Alan Warford? Yeah, he was on our previous episode. So Alan and I were together at Chocolate Holler a year ago, and we saw a couple break up. Yeah, so there's people going on first dates, there's people breaking up, and you got to ask him, you should have, I should have been before you, before <laughs> him, ask him, so you could ask about I'll, that. I'll ask him off the record for, yeah. the, for the sake of that, that couple. We'll have a bonus content for that with him. Break <laughs> it down, we'll do a reenactment. Oh my goodness. Uh, I got you a gift. <laughs> um, thank yeah, you. We're done. <laughs> I got to tell you something. Um, that's basically how it went down. But, you know, so it is this little, it's like this place where life happens, you know? And so I think I just love the kind of the yin-yang element of a coffee shop where you got all this stuff starting and then you got this stuff slowing down. And I think if you look at that, that's the story of coffee too. So coffee is this long process where you, you know, it grows and you pick it and you pick the cherry and then you get the seed and then you roast it and then you bag it and then you serve it. So many different ways it can be expressed. You can extract the flavors out of it and it's a story it's a story of the country that it was grown in the land you know the, the terroir people. the people um the story of the plant i mean it's just like the weather just like in wine you know so you have this long story this long journey for this bean to get to your cup and you drink it and it's, it gives you energy it gives you caffeine it gives you this it gives you, that <laughs> it gives you that jolt right but at the same time it's this, this long story and it's this quick response and it's just like it's just this give and take and i think it's it kind of you know, is the same element of a coffee shop where you have that. You have this. And so like our logo is. Um, Good. I was literally just about to ask this question. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk our about logo it. is polarizing. No, I don't know. Uh, my dad said it's satanic, but it's not that at all. I don't think it you is. Know, he's just old. He's old school. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, it's a skeleton. It's a skull. And going through the skull is a lightning bolt. And, you know, that kind of. You know, the skull represents just kind of like all commonality, right? We're, we're all humans, you know, um, and we all have the same 168 hours in a week that everybody else does. We, you and I have the same as Jeff Bezos, and look what he does kind of thing. So there's that. But at the same time, you and I are the same. So it doesn't matter that he's him and I'm me or that you're you. Like we're the same. So there's that. It's a common place where everybody's kind of welcome. Everybody, not everybody's kind of welcome. Everybody's welcome. Um, and then the... The bolt is creativity, inspiration, drive, ambition. That jolt. That jolt. I'm going to keep coming back that to this jolt. just so you know. But then also it's very, very uh, elemental. It's just like fundamental rather. It's, it's caffeine. It's, it gives you energy. And so that's kind of what that has been. And so I think we've loved the space. We've been open about six weeks. And um, we've been loving it. Like it's just been really cool. You know, and, and I think out of all the products I've been a part of, like – that space, when it opened up and people came in and they were ordering the drinks that Jeff and our team had been planning and 
uh, install a space that Maddie uh, curated and, and yeah, it's, again, it's fantastic, it's you know? And, and so just, it was an art gallery before and, um, it just, it's just so cool to see the power of spaces, you know? And I, I know that there's, you know, when we saw people holding the cups and drinking the coffee and ordering stuff and interacting with the things that you've kind of planned. I don't know. It was, I don't have a kid, but I can imagine that a kid feels way better than that, but it's, um, it was just like really, really cool, really fulfilling to see yeah. people enjoying this thing. And, and to see people, you know, love it. You yeah, know? it makes you proud. Like, you, yeah, it's paid off. It's new. It's a new. It was a new sensation because I was so close to it. Our team, you know, really kind of all used their gift sets to make this thing happen. And and I, yeah, I think one thing that even hasn't been said yet, but again, where the location is, going towards Manchester, an area where again, it's continually like being restored. It's revitalizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is something new and up and coming. And for I think sure. That's, that's been a huge help. Yeah, I mean, you know, the crazy thing, the yeah. crazy thing is all these conversations, you know where they took place? They took place in coffee shops. They took place in coffee shops, you know, and the initial ideas, initial brainstorms. Initial um, breakups. Yeah, initial breakups, brainstorming, writing down, planning stuff. You know, you used them, you know, and, um, and, I, and I think it's, I love the way the culture is here too. You know, Sal and I are friends, Al and I are friends, Alex over there, everybody at Cup is phenomenal. They are. But, you know, the, the the coffee community here is fantastic, and there's a lot of awesome people here. Yeah, no, I could not agree anymore. Even Jeff. Jeff's a great guy. Yeah. Um, and side note, what's the what's the best coffee to get so when people hear this, they come rushing down to your store? What's the best to get? <laughs> Man, so my favorite thing that we have is a Cortado because I just like it's got the right amount of milk, the right amount of espresso, and it, it's just fantastic. But a lot of people love our oat milk uh, vanilla lattes if you're not – if you're, you know, everybody has different levels of coffee. Some people want, you know, an Ethiopian wash pour over, you know, and that's phenomenal. You can really taste it. Okay. Well, you still owe me a drink, so I will take you up on that offer. Chase, what what has been one of the most fruitful experiences you personally found while while founding a company, you know, starting these creative projects, team building, uniting people? Mm-hmm. What's been like, probably, if you look back overall, what's been the most rewarding thing for you personally? I mean, I feel like you could play like a montage, like some corny music over top of it, and I could see like. Oh, I can add that in. Do you want me? Yeah, to? Yeah, there you go. Okay. Uh, oh gosh, there's all sorts of little milestones. Like, I mean, one thing I think about with Wildcat Warehouse is me, Nick, and Nate were doing a store build in Pikeville, and we went down there. It was the first time I went down to Pikeville, and I laid we laid the floor. You know, it was a marketing team. I laid the, I laid hardwood floor, and that, that was like kind of wake up to small business. Like everybody does a little bit of everything. You're not just marketing, my friend. You're Laying the wood today, you know, you're laying the hardwood today. And um, seeing that store go from nothing to this awesome, you know, kind of like rep arena experience away from Lexington and, and Pikeville was really cool. And me, Nate, and Nick were down there doing store setup stuff the night before we opened. Then we're there for opening day, and that was really fun. And then there's um, the one that tastes the cake is, I think, probably the coffee shop opening. Um, and, you know, we opened on a noon on a Wednesday after we got all of our clearances and cleared by the health department, got the fire inspection stuff, building inspection done. And, um, people started pouring in, you know, it was just like, what? (laughs) They're here. They know about us. It's going to work. You know, that was really cool. Um, and now to go there and to see the space full on a Saturday morning and people just got done on a run and, and they're doing life. It's part of their lives. You know, I think that's, that's just a really cool feeling. Um, and any single one of those companies that I've been a part of, like, 
Um, I, I mean, there was a time we and Brent Haluda, you know, we were breaking legit apps into new markets and just like little milestones for that. Like we were, we were in, uh, in Knoxville having meetings and we just like would close the deal. And we're like, yes, it's just like, it was just really cool to see this product that, you know, um, a product grow. And it's just, uh, it's cause it's really the power of ideas. It's the power of ideas that happen. Cause ideas, you know, you, it's, it's a really popular thing. It's like, everybody's got ideas. It's about the execution, but it's nothing more beautiful than a well-executed idea. You, there's an idea. Somebody says, Hey, when we need to go do this. And then you, in improv, there's this theory of yes. And, Oh yeah. Dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm all about that. You know, so it's like this, you accept it. So I say, we need to start a taco truck. You could be like, no, <laughs> that's the end and that, of that. And that kills it. That's the end of the idea, right? Well, we should start a coffee company. Yeah, we should. And we should do it down Manchester Street, right? And? And we should roast our own coffee. And, and we should have lots of parking and, you know, whatever. Yeah, and we keep going. So you start brainstorming and it's that collaboration. And then it's, you know, kind of saying, all right, let's divide and conquer. Here's this, here's this, here's this. And then we all go out and do it and bring it back. And here we go. And it's just like um, happens in stages. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day, so it happens in stages. And you see this thing kind of come, and it's just kind of that, that focus. You know, I think that's been the biggest challenge for me. As a, I don't know, you're in the Enneagram. You like the Enneagram. What is yeah. your, what are you? Everyone says I'm either seven or three, but let's go seven wing eight, go. baby. That's what I am. So That's why you like me so much. That's why. That makes yeah. sense. That's okay. right. Um, but the, you know, so for me, I, I, focus has always been an issue. But, you know, whenever I've been able to focus on something, I've been able to see some traction and see things get done. So I think that's the big thing is just kind of clearing out stuff and really being clear with what you want. Yeah, so you, you, you set goals and say, what do I want to be in five years? What do I want to be in 50 years? And then you backtrack. You know, so that, that was the biggest thing for me, I think, is when I looked at what I wanted to spend my time doing, um, I didn't want to be wasting it. And so that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, speaking of traction, looking down the future, seeing yourself, you know, three, five, ten years, whatever, how do you continue seeing yourself playing a role within Lexington's entrepreneurial community with Kentucky as a greater whole with their entrepreneurial community other than Manchester Studios and coffee and Manchester Coffee because those are yeah. going to be here forever. I, mean, I, I don't know. I just really like the the idea of collaboration. And, you know, um, like I said, you know, I went to Startup Weekend in 2010. I went to Startup Weekend last year. Oh, gosh, it's been two years. No, it was two years ago. Yeah, I didn't see you last year. What the heck? It's been two years ago. It feels like, it feels like last okay, year. Come, come this year. Yeah. You know, but like that's something fun. You know, you're not starting, you know, you're not starting a, like your dream baby. You know, you probably wouldn't p- pitch that there, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a really fun exercise to get things going. So that has been really fun. And then obviously coming to the five across events here, I think Awesome Inc. has obviously been the, f- the forefront leader of elevating entrepreneurship. Um, one thing that I'd like to see is getting more involved at the student level. Um, you know, one thing that we do is we have this Manchester Academy and we had our, like our kind of first swing at it was in this last semester, our first class of interns, we had six interns from UK and it was a program. I had them take the Enneagram test and I had them, you know, do a bunch of different things and, um, develop them, you know? And so I really like that. I like developing kit like students and, um, helping people find out what they're passionate about. I definitely think that's a part of how I'm wired. Um, so I, I think probably that, I think I'd like to see, see more of an investment, whether that's through um, helping out around here or helping out UK. Um, but that, that would be something for sure. And then um, just some new ideas, you know, kind of empowering people who 
want to do something really great and being a part of helping those things, you know, bringing my skills to the table saying, yeah, I'm passionate about that. Let's, so are you, so are you, let's get this on board. Let's get this thing going. Let's get this thing out to the ether. Um, But I think just kind of continue to do what I do and have a, have that core focus of, I want, I want people to be involved, you know, because the reality, man, I don't, money is not something that I'm super concerned with. You know, obviously there's, yeah, you, you see it as a resource that comes and goes. Yeah, I mean, you see it as, it's like a, but like for me, it's just like, I don't know. I just, I want to, happiness is more so what I'm concerned with. And, mm, and That's good. And so it's not like, I want to get to the end of my life and say, man, I wish I would do something different. You know, I want to make those decisions now and, um, and live a rich life full of experiences with loving people and sharing everything, you know, and I know that that kind of makes me a little more vulnerable, but I think that's, that's life, man. It's, that's the point. What advice do you have for anyone interested in technology, creative community, creating culture, mm-hmm. entrepreneurship, anything in the like, what would you say to them? Nah, I think the biggest game changer for me was self-awareness. Um, I think back to like high school and college and was really, really, really bad at saying no. Um, anything that looked like an opportunity I said yes to and then I sucked at a lot of stuff like I was horrible <laughs> because I had said yes to too many things and I think when I started to learn that about myself you know there was a lot of tests that entered into my, it was I think it was Myers-Briggs it was the first one and I was like whoa this is like they read my mind um, but just kind of getting to know yourself a little bit I think the more you know yourself the more you can kind of know what you actually want what motivates you what um you know, you're excited about so self-awareness. And then I would think like a commitment to like growing. Um, so kind of start there, get self-aware, like learn about you, ask your friends. Like I've done exercise where I've texted, you know, 20 friends or sat friends down and said, asked, I came up with a list of questions, said, what do you think about me? What is this? What are my strengths? What are my weaknesses? You know, blah, blah, blah. And got all those. And Kind of okay. I kind of formulated. Oh, this is what I'm like. I think this is what people see me as. This is what I see myself as. Um, had that done. Then I had to say, okay, I need to get better at what I'm good at. I need to strengthen my strengths. And um, so that comes with reading books. I'm reading a book right now called Free to Focus by Michael Hyatt, which is about just productivity. What does that mean? But I think it's always learning. You just like be aware of who you are and um, and always be learning. That might be more philosophical, less than practical. Practical is goal set. <laughs> set goals. You know, so what do you want? When do you want it by? How are you going to get it? That kind of stuff. Um, but I think that's, you know, one thing that I've seen over the last two years is not the ease at which something can happen, but when you, when you can put the focus, you can clearly say this is what I'm going to do, and you can put the focus towards it, and you can bring others in to supplement where – you're weak. You can see things get done. But I know for me, the biggest game changers have been um, getting self-aware, knowing who I am, knowing my gifts, knowing what I bring to the table and what I don't. And that's been, that's pretty much removed most obstacles. Um, You need somebody to solve problems. You need somebody to go share this product and get people talking about it. I can do that. You know, Um, I can get people excited about things. I can't, I'm not going to be your spreadsheets guy. I'm not going to be your finances guy. I'm not going to be your um, account management guy. I'm not really wired that way. And so to know that 
has been my biggest weapon, my, my secret weapon is say, okay, here's how this, here's how this works. Here's who I need to have on my team to help me, to help us grow. And that's, that's been really big. Yeah. But then as I just reading, read. Okay. So reading the power and no self-awareness. Okay. There you go. There's that's a lot. Good. Three, three <laughs> simple tips. I like it. Chase, Christopher, Fairchild. Let's go create something. Hey man. Yeah. Thanks for doing this. Keep it up. All right, well, that's it. We want to say thank you again so much for checking out the Kentucky Entrepreneur Hall of Fame podcast. Special thanks to Lee Rosevere for the music that you hear in the show and to Lexington's Awesome Inc. for hosting us from their space. Again, I'm Garrett Farbach. Make sure to check back and tune in next time. We'll see you then.